Hey there, and welcome back to Ginger Biz, the podcast. Super excited to have you here with me today. We are going to be talking about HR best practices for entrepreneurs. I'm a ginger who snaps photos, but my real jam is business. Originally from the Pacific Northwest, now kicking it on the East Coast. I'm a successful entrepreneur who wants to share my passion with the world. We will walk through my journey as an entrepreneur while balancing motherhood, a full-time executive role, and living life to its fullest. This podcast will be an educational resource on entrepreneurship, a raw, uncut look at motherhood, and a place for you to find encouragement. Whether you're exploring entrepreneurship, been at it a couple years, are a mother, a full-time employee, or just want a good laugh while learning, put your headphones on because we're diving in. I'm Katie, and I'm so excited to have you here. Now, before we dive in, I do want to ask that if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, it would mean so much to me if you would leave us a review. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, just click that five star and it would be amazing. I love hearing what you guys are thinking and getting that feedback, but I also greatly appreciate the fact that we can then continue to rank higher. So if you haven't yet, please go ahead and leave us a review on your favorite platform. And if you're feeling extra generous, hop on to the others and leave them there too. Thank you so much in advance. I just love what we're doing here at Ginger Biz, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you listeners to join us and to be a part of it. So thank you. Now, another note that I want to say before we dive into the topic is we are quickly approaching our one-year mark of Ginger Biz, the podcast. Yay! I am so excited. Um, That clapping woke up my dogs. Poor guys. But I am like just so excited. I believe that I launched the trailer on May 10th last year. And so we've passed that. But then the actual episode started to come together in June. And I am just really, really excited. So we have some amazing things, you know, in the works for that. So June is going to be a month of celebration and that'll roll into July as well. But that also means we're going to pivot a little bit. Like I've been doing this for about a year and I'm really excited to start incorporating more of my HR experience with this entrepreneur journey for businesses. And so stay tuned because I'm going to dive into a complete episode about what that'll look like for us and what you can expect and what you can take away from that. But for today, let's start talking about HR best practices for entrepreneurs. So as many of you know, I am an HR professional. I work at a private organization that is hospitality, and I am the head of the HR department, and I absolutely love it. Um, It has its challenges. It's not always easy, but I do love it, and it's perfect for me right now. So I wanted to kind of make my HR world and my entrepreneur world meet each other in this episode and provide guidance for entrepreneurs on implementing effective HR practices in your startups or small businesses. We can talk about topics as recruiting and hiring strategies, employee onboarding and development. And also, you know, we can kind of segue into performance management, creating a positive work and work culture, ah, a positive work culture, and then just share insights from experiences that I've had and what has helped me grow. So the first one I want to talk about is strategic recruiting and hiring. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but if you're in a place where you know you need to grow your team, then this is for you. You've got to have strategic recruitment and hiring strategies because 
I kind of sandwiched it there with strategic and strategies. That's funny. But you got to have plans in place. You want to know the importance of this in the hiring practices for entrepreneurs because you are such a small organization that you want to make sure that you are intentional with your recruiting and hiring and how you're bringing people on. You want to make sure that you're exploring topics for defining the job role, um, the requirements, leveraging different recruitment channels, and conducting effective interviews while evaluating each candidate. You want to highlight just the importance of aligning the recruitment strategies with your organization's culture values and how to attract and then retain that top um, talent. So some things that you can do here is you've got to figure out where you want to advertise for your jobs, where you are looking, where you are hoping to find those candidates. Now, I know that a lot of entrepreneurs have a lot of luck with like LinkedIn. You can also post to Indeed. And then some people just take those ad- those job ads and share them on their social media too, because maybe one of your followers would actually be the perfect fit. So you have to kind of strategically think about what makes the most sense for you and where you're going to find those people. Another option is Facebook groups. If you're looking for a part-time, maybe like virtual assistant or someone to just delegate certain tasks to. Also looking at like mom groups is a huge one because they might be a stay-at-home mom who can do some work in the evenings or during nap time. So just kind of knowing what you're looking for will help guide you to where you want to post and where you want to be putting your recruiting efforts. Then there's other opportunities too. Networking events is a good place because someone might know someone, things like that. But again, you got to go back to that strategic sort of recruiting idea of what is the job's role? What do you think the time commitment is? What are the actual requirements? What are you actually wanting them to get done? And then rolling into where you would post that, where you would look for that. So for me, when we hired out for our team here in for Ginger Biz and for Katie Murray Photography for my businesses, I actually went to social media first and I was able to get a couple amazing team members that way. One of which, Carla, who's been with us now for like six months, I think, Carla, I'm not sure. I think she joined us in December. So she's been with us for about six months and it was wild. Like I posted, she didn't say anything the first go round. I had another opening a few months later and she's like, hey, Katie, like I don't, I'm like in school. She's studying to be a lawyer and study law and all these things like crazy, amazing stuff that's beyond me. Go Carla. But she was like, I have some extra time and I wouldn't mind like a little bit of income, you know, while I'm doing that. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, We served in the Navy together and that's how we knew each other and we've stayed connected throughout the years. And, you know, she follows me on Instagram and yeah, we're friends. It's awesome. And I wouldn't have even thought to ask her because she's a full-time student and stuff. And then there we are, boom, landed in my lap. So even if you were like, you know, paying to promote on LinkedIn and and Indeed and all these places, it can be really, really beneficial to just share it to your social media page too. So that's what worked for us in my HR realm, we approach it very, very differently because there's 550 roles that we're filling and it's just totally different. Um, And I can dive into that, but in probably in a different episode because today I really just want to focus on that hybrid of HR practices meeting the entrepreneur world. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is comprehensive employee onboarding and development. So it's so important that you make sure that your employee, that your team member feels welcomed and loved and cared for 
right out the gate, right when they're doing the onboarding. That's why you will find in most organizations, recruiters are super energetic and bubbly and fun and kind and loving and all these things because you want that to be the face of your business. You want that to be like, hey, welcome to the team. We're here for you. Here's the energy. Let's show up and let's show out together. So you really want to explore best practices for the effective employee onboarding and development, especially within startups and small businesses, because again, you want to minimize that turnover the most that you can. You don't you don't want people flipping all the time because that's just I've had that happen in our business and it's just stressful and hard and you're constantly training people and it's a lot. And that might happen in the beginning, number one, because maybe you're not as strategic as you need to be with that recruiting and hiring and also because you're working out kinks. But if you can do it in a productive way, I think that new hire is going to stick with you through it. It's also just so important to have structure with the onboarding process to really help that new hire, that new team member acclimate to the company culture and understand their role specifically. Exploring strategies for ongoing employee development, including mentorship programs, training opportunities, and performance feedback is super, super important to really keep that not only from the onboarding, but moving into the development of that employee front and center of their time with you. So this, I will talk a little bit about the company I'm with. In 2023, we implemented mentorships. And so we've paired employees who are interested in growing personally and professionally with a mentor because it's going to help our retention because they're going to see that we're investing in them. It's going to help our overall company because these people are then going to continue to grow and grow professionally. And it's just a good way to create community and that like no trust factor within the culture of our organization. And so as a small business owner as well with my business, this is something that's hugely important um, because you want to make sure that they're making those connections, especially for us in our business. Our team members are all virtual, so we don't see them. We don't live in the same area. We're not hanging out. And so you want to make sure that you have processes in place to really push home that um, company culture and helping those people grow in their roles. So some of that is we will pay for um, Jenna Kutcher had a Pinterest lab and we paid for that. And, you know, we opened that up to Carla and the team to be able to utilize. They don't have to pay for it themselves. We cover that. We just ask that they utilize it since we paid for it and they can use that. And then also just linking them up with other individuals if they need that. Some employees and team members within small businesses like this don't necessarily need that mentorship, but you do want to make sure that they have you as a manager, as a boss, as a resource, and you can kind of fill that mentorship piece. Like one thing with Carla was it was very important that she could really channel my vibe, like for graphics and for my voice and so that she could help be an extension of me. And so I was able to kind of come alongside her and she was very, very receptive to it. And she took the critiques, if you will, um, very well. And we've made it that in some ways she's very self-sufficient in kind of sort of being me, which sounds so weird. But but since, you know, since I'm the face of the company, that's what we want to illuminate throughout. And it's been super helpful. But then also creating avenues and areas for them to have performance feedback, but also to give you as a manager feedback is huge. So between Philip and I, we'll meet with our team 
each one of them once a week. Um, It can be for a quick 10 minute call. It might be a five minute call. Sometimes we push it off. We try to always keep it in place, but if there's nothing to talk about that week, it can just be a quick a quick check-in. But if there is a big project coming up or we do need to pivot the voice or the graphics or the the job that they're doing or the role that they're doing a little bit to make it, you know, really hit the target better, then we have that slated time to meet and chat with the team. Something in the later term, maybe come the fall, I'm hoping to do a retreat with the team members among other business owners as well, just to bring us all together so that we can spend time together getting to know one another and just building that rapport and camaraderie so that we do have that foundation, even though we're all virtual and we don't work together. But yeah, that weekly meeting for us and our team members is hugely important because then the team can also give me feedback like, hey, Katie, like I'm just not getting what you're asking of me. Can we like communicate that in a different way? Can we jump on a phone call when those kind of projects come up? You know, whatever the case is, and it's super helpful. So then the other thing is performance management and feedback. Now, you know, I'm kind of already talking about that a little bit, but it's really important to make sure that you have management practices for entrepreneurs that that help productivity and growth. So exploring topics like setting clear performance expectations, conducting regular performance evaluations, providing that constructive feedback, and recognizing employee achievements. So highlighting the benefits of the performance-driven culture is fostering employees' engagement and aligning individual goals with the organization's objectives. Now, I know that my team member, Carla, will not be with me forever, and I would kind of doubt that she would ever become a full-time employee with us just because she is studying law she does have her endeavors but for the meantime it's amazing what she's doing for us and it's very very mutually beneficial so not only with that weekly meetup that weekly time frame that you've carved out to check in on your team you can also make sure that you're having actual performance management like meetings as well. So coming up on the six month mark, you know, we might, we might want to look back and say like, this is what you've done amazing for the last six months. This is where I want to see a little bit more growth. And this is what we want to do moving forward for the next six months. And honestly, we're getting to a point with the team members that have been there for six months, like Carla, Carla, I'm using you so much as an example today, but like Carla, where the next six months, we might actually kind of reevaluate what she's doing because now she's got the meat and potatoes down. She's got that foundation built. And so she can take on more tasks or she can do more or we can trust her with more because we've really navigated those waters together and we know she can steer the boat. So let's do this. And so that's also very important. Not only, and you don't want to get lost in just having like a weekly call and check in and not look at the bigger picture as well and see where their skill sets lie and what they can blossom into. So that's also really important with that performance management feedback. And that's where it's a little bit different than just the normal development of the weekly day in, day out of check-ins and where you want to just kind of do more, be bigger. The other thing is, like I said, recognizing employee achievements. With a small business like this, it's, it's a little bit more challenging in some ways to be able to like, we don't get to have like, a monthly brunch where we celebrate all the five-star employees or whatever, um, which is actually something we do at my private organization that I work in HR at, is we do that. We do have an incentive program for all the staff to nominate each other. It's an amazing program. Everyone loves it. Then we come together and have a party and there's like 40 of us. Well, when our team is less than 10, 
that can be a little more challenging. But you know what's not? I can shoot Carla a Starbucks gift card electronically. I can buy lunch for her tomorrow when she's working on projects. I can send her a gift basket. And the expense of that is so much less because my team is less than 10. I'm not doing it for 500 people. So you have that flexibility too. And like one thing that I love is we do have like that side Petals and Ink product business. I can send her all the crap that I love from Petals and Ink and she gets to rep my brand while also being like, here, Carla, just have all this stuff for free because like I love you and you're doing amazing. So it's pretty neat. I'm excited for that part of it. I love celebrating team members. I love doing handwritten notes. I love just highlighting what they are succeeding at. And then also taking in consideration what their individual goals are and where they want to grow and what else they want to do. As you can tell, I get very excited and very passionate about that element. And then the last point that I want to talk about today is creating a positive work culture. This can sometimes be challenging. I think it's a lot more challenging in a large organization because there's a lot more feelings and a lot more people and a lot more like just demographics and dynamics going on in a large organization. But for us entrepreneurs who have smaller teams, I would say anything under 100, honestly, 100 employees or less is a little bit obviously easier to navigate in this regard, is that you can really, really create that positive work culture, emphasizing the importance of establishing that positivity, especially at the startup phase, and then learning strategies for creating, you know, a supportive and inclusive environment, and then fostering that open communication at those weekly meetings and promoting work-life balance. I do not care when Carla does her work. I don't. Now, there are certain things like social media pushes when it has, when it should be, doesn't have to be, but should be done during a normal work week. But I don't care if she logs in at 10 a.m. or if she logs in at 2 p.m. And I don't care if it's Monday or if it's Wednesday. And then when she's creating the graphics or when she's creating the content, I don't care if she does that at midnight. I don't care if she does that at 4 a.m. Like whatever works for her, for her to maintain that life, that work-life balance, right? And then also really just exploring the role of, of a developing HR and enforcing and supporting company policies and practices to really prioritize that employee well-being, diversity, equality, and inclusion. So with those being said, it's like your team might not have an HR specialist. Mine doesn't. Well, I guess that's not true. Mine does because I am an HR specialist, but it like doesn't have an exclusive HR team. But there's so many resources that you can really build on and utilize to make sure that you do have what you need and you do check the box of human resources within your organization without having that person. Now, there's options. You could delegate that out and you could have a consultant or you can just do a lot of research online and just be in the know with the trends of human resources and policies and stuff. And a lot of the company policies, you're going to write yourself. Obviously, you want to make sure you have best practices. Obviously, you want to, you know, be mindful of diversity, equality and inclusion. But You don't have to be an expert to make sure that you're not discriminating against people and whatnot. So you just want to make sure you're creating that positive work culture for the day in, day out. So when people are working, when you're accessible, that you're there for them, that you support them, that if they need other tools, that you're giving them to them, but also fostering that open communication genuinely, right? You can have an open door policy with your team 
again, even if your team is one to two people, but when they come to you, you're like, oh man, my day is swamped. I don't have time to do this. Sorry, what's up? What do you need, Carla? That's rude. That's not opening that. Yes, you have an open door, but like that's not fostering that open communication. What I find to be beneficial for me is always having the mentality and mindset that I know I'm going to make time for the team this week and then making that time. Now, I will say that Philip takes a larger role in managing our team members. And that's just the dynamic that we have because that's what works. And then I take on the client management and, you know, that interaction and whatnot. So my team members still have access to me, but Philip is their main point of contact. And I know that and I do that because that's a challenge for me. And so that's his skill set. He's very, very good at managing people. People love working for him and that works for us. And that helps create that positive work culture. I am not as good at an off the cuff phone call and navigating it. Like I like things that are planned. Now, don't get me wrong. I totally can and I'm not going to be rude. But again, this goes back to going back to the development and the performance management of the team members. Philip's skill set lies in that. So that's what he does. My skill set is a little bit different. And so I do other things. And that's how we maintain a positive work culture within our entrepreneur world, because we are all working to our strengths. And again, in a bigger, larger organization, like the one that I work for with hundreds of employees, it can be more challenging because you don't have that one-on-one time with every single person every single day. But I have worked with, in different areas, businesses that have 75 employees, and I've seen them do this, and I've seen them do it successfully, and I've seen teams of 10, teams of 5, and teams of 3 do this. So it's totally, totally doable. You just have to make sure that you're fostering that open communication, promoting that work-life balance, and not only promoting it, but actually following through with it and giving your team that flexibility, and then also just creating a supportive work environment by listening and and giving them the tools that they need. So that was a lot. I talked fast a couple times because I was super excited and passionate about the subject. But HR best practices for entrepreneurs keep in mind strategic recruiting and hiring, comprehensive employee onboarding and development, performance management and feedback while creating a positive work culture. And then you've got the perfect little mix to have a great team. And having a team can be both terrifying and exciting all at the same time. Guys, until next time, keep on diving in.